MJ Strainer Podcast Episode 9. Dang, we, we've made too many of these. <laughs> I'm going to keep going, though. Uh, I have some fun topics for today. whole lot of basketball games, NFL offseason, not a whole bunch to talk about. But the first topic is the Raiders got hard knocks. What everyone wanted. Finally get it. You, you got hard knocks. Which is, again, what the world wanted. You know, want to see... You know, perfect. Antonio Brown group. We want to see all them boys. We want to see what they can bring to the table on Hard Knocks. Yeah, I'll probably watch it. And by probably, I mean I will for sure watch it. But the other topics we got for today: the Warriors took Game Five. They forced a Game Six. Uh, at the cost of Kevin Durant. We'll go more in depth with that later. And you know what that means for his free agency. Kyrie opting out of his contract, sort of what everyone expected him to do. The Cavs might be involved in a three-team deal for Anthony Davis. I mean, we won't land Anthony Davis, but we'll help someone. And again, we'll go into depth with those. I'm going to lead off with hard knocks, though. This is what everyone wanted. Am I right? You know, you look at all the every team in the NFL, and you're like, okay, well, which you know which teams do you want to see? You can't do the Browns. I Me mean, as a Browns fan, you know, I'd love to see the Browns again, but you know, you can't because you just did it. So you look at 29, or not 29 teams, what am I saying? You look at 31 teams in the league, you're like, well, which team might be the most entertaining? I think the Giants would be pretty stupid. <laughs> so stupid, it'd be hilarious, and you'd have to watch. Um, then you got the Raiders. The Raiders would be the most entertaining team, of course, with everything that they got going on. Potential drama would make for good television. I think a lot of people will watch. I for sure will be watching. Now, will the Raiders be good? It broke down the last podcast. I believe I said five wins, correct? Um, I think they'll improve. I think the offense, I think they'll be, I'm interested to see how they play. They don't have a running back. I mean, they got Josh Jacobs, as I said you know, earlier. I think Josh Jacobs could win Offensive Rookie of the Year due to him basically being by himself. You know, they had Isaiah Crowell when he gets injured. And now you just have Josh Jacobs. And Marshawn Lynch was like, oh, man, I'll come back. But looking like it's just going to be Josh Jacobs, you know, taking the wheel. That's going to be fun to see how many yards he puts up. Another topic I'm just going to throw in real quick. Calvin freaking Johnson. Those of you who don't know, Calvin Johnson might be my favorite player in NFL history of all time. Calvin Johnson. You know, I'm, I just really like oversized wide receivers. I, you know, I love, that's why I loved Hakeem Butler so much going into the draft. Because I love oversized wide receivers. Hakeem Butler is 6'5". Oh, DK Metcalf, he is 6'3", though. But Calvin Johnson has said that, hey, you want me to come back? Because he retired in his prime. You know, he was like, yeah, I'm out. So if you want me to come back, Detroit owes me a million dollars. Because I retired and they didn't give me my signing bonus. So they owe me a million. And if they give me a million, we can patch things up. And maybe I'll come back and play. Talking about a million. Now, I don't know how good he'll be. Calvin Johnson is the most off the radar dude. Like there, like I'm like this dude got Twitter. No, this dude got Instagram. No, like how, how did this word get out? How who contacted Calvin Johnson to get this? And how did they contact him? But he just said, you know, million dollars and patch things up. Maybe I'll come back and play again. We don't know how good he'll be. You know, hopefully, you know what we would want is for him to be one of the best wide receivers once again coming into the league. But 
I don't know if they'd be like that, but Detroit needs some help, and that help needs to be Calvin freaking Johnson. So the Warriors, they took game five. I'm pretty sure I said Toronto would take it all right there. Uh, and I said my prediction was Kevin Durant would come back, but they would rush him back. He wouldn't be healthy, and he's at risk of re-aggravating his injury. Well, I mean, first of all, fun fact, right when I finished recording the podcast, didn't post it, didn't do my, you know, my little edits, whatever, finished recording the podcast, check my phone, and it's like, KD's going to play game five. And I was like, well, I mean, I really stated it right before word got out. So I think I probably posted it maybe like five minutes after or something like that. But I predicted Kevin Durant would play game five. He did. And then I said, I think he's runs the risk of re-aggravating his injury. I mean, he didn't. He got injured. He didn't re-aggravate it, though. So they fear that Kevin Durant has suffered an Achilles tear. And you look at the playback of the injury. And I saw someone who like made a GIF, and it's zoomed in on his calf. And you can see his calf jiggle. I believe it's his right leg. You can see his right calf jiggle. So what little medical stuff I know... Because I didn't take medical in high school. I was too cool for that. I took radio and TV. So what little medical stuff I know is all for sports. You know, so I know how to identify injuries before word kind of gets out. So I'm not just sitting here, you know, not knowing what to expect, what to know. So basically how it works, I could be completely wrong. Again, don't get on me if I am. Your Achilles tendon is like a rubber band. You know, it stretches up, and then when it snaps, it, like a rubber band, will fly up your leg. So, you see Kevin Durant's right leg, you can see it jiggle. You can see his calf jiggle. And it's completely stationary, it's not moving, he just put a little bit of momentum, nothing that would have caused it to make that sort of movement. But that little jiggle was his Achilles flying up his leg because it tore. So... Kevin Durant, he's he was supposed to get an MRI yesterday, correct? Yeah, yesterday. Um, but they haven't released what happened. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and go all conspiracy theory. That was that was episode six. That's not this episode. Um, I'm not gonna go all conspiracy theory. I do think he suffered an Achilles tear, and how this will impact his free range decision. For me, what I personally believe is that Kevin Durant will now resign. I think last podcast I said um, the odds of him re-signing are the same as him signing anywhere else. I think now the odds of him re-signing with Golden State have actually escalated. And not only that, but I think the odds of him opting in to his contract have even escalated or have gone up at the odds. I think Kevin Durant will opt into his contract and will stay in Oakland slash San Francisco, whatever you want to call it. They'll be playing in San Francisco. Basically, why I think this is because it'll be a lot easier for him. Now, something that people don't take into account when they talk about a free agent's decisions or a trade is that this is a real person, and he doesn't have and he doesn't have a house everywhere. Like he's a real person. So basically, Kevin Durant messes up his leg. His options are on crutches, move to potentially New York, change coasts. Basically, one of the biggest jumps you could make from the Warriors to the Knicks. You know, geologically speaking, this is one of the biggest jumps you can make. 
on crutches, have to move his stuff. I'm sure he's not moving. I'm sure he pays people to do it. And then not only that, but then gets to the Knicks and have to work with a new training staff, guys who aren't really familiar with who he is physically, how he is physically, anything like that. It's got to have his records transfer over. It's just a whole lot of mess. When it would overall just be easier for him to stay in Oakland, if he opts in, it'll just be a year, to stay in Oakland for an extra year and rehab. He'd be working with the same trainers he's been working with for the last, what, three years? Working with the same trainers he's been working with for the last three years. Doesn't have to move. He can stay put. Rehab his leg for a year because I think the odds of him playing next year are pretty slim. And if he does, it'll be, you know, the second half of the season, maybe playoffs. Let's assume Golden State still makes it. I think that's a good assumption, right? He comes back, finishes out his contract from there. He's, you know, an unrestricted free agent, no contract whatsoever, not even an opt-in option. And then from there, he can go to New York or go to wherever. But this kind of messes up teams' game plan. You know, as we saw, Brooklyn made um, made trades to, so they could have two max contract slots. You know, one to use on Kyrie or more. And, you know, maybe D'Angelo Russell wants a max. Who knows? We'll see what happens there. You have L.A. You have New York. I'm sure there's, oh, the Clippers. That's another team. All who have multiple max contract slots, all with the hopes of landing a Kevin Durant now looking like it went to waste and you might have to throw that money you know at a lesser player or instead make that max you know that amount that amount of money and stretch it amongst several players but basically i think the odds of kevin Durant going to new york have gone down i think the odds of him resigning golden state have gone up and i think the odds of him maybe going to the clippers have gone up but i think now the odds of him signing with the clippers might be the highest of any team. The reason why I say that, this is LA. It's not too big of a jump to go from San Francisco to LA compared to San Francisco to New York, you know? So all that in mind, I think Kevin Durant will likely opt into his contract. And if he opts out, expect him to re-sign. Or maybe he even takes a giant pay cut to try to get Clay Thompson back. Or if he does leave, I would say the Clippers above all else. Now, teams have said, I, there, I believe it was said, three teams have said they were not, you know, the names were not given. They would still sign Kevin Durant long-term, even with the knowledge that the chances of him playing next year are slim. So basically, three teams have said, yeah, we'd still sign Kevin Durant. Me as a GM, I don't know if I would for a max, because I believe in New York it would be like a four-year hundred and sixty three hundred and sixty four million dollar deal somewhere in that ballpark i don't know if i'd sign him to that much money and the reason why is because he kind of messes up your free agency situation you signed kevin durant you took basically a ghost took that money because he's not going to play you know you don't know when he's going to play if he's going to come back and i'll go more in depth with his health which means now you have to give another max or more money to a player and tell them yeah listen you got all this you know blah 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 but Kevin Durant will be here, which means now these teams are in a unique situation and these free agents are in a unique situation because they have a likelihood of playing with Kevin Durant that's different than before, where before it's, yeah, you and Kevin Durant are in the same team, but are you really? Because he's not playing. So all this in mind, it sort of messes up what New York wants to do. Because New York, you know, they wanted to trade for Anthony Davis, sign Kevin Durant, and, you know, try to sign some other guys. Now, and again, I'm going to break down an Anthony Davis trade later. Now, if they were to do this, 
They really only have Anthony Davis. They have less money now. And now you have to hope that you can kind of hit this Hail Mary and a guy will be fine. I think Kyrie would be fine with it. I'm not going to lie. He kind of wants a team to himself. I'm sure he'd be fine. Let's just theoretically say playing alongside Kevin Durant with, you know, it doesn't matter what team, but playing alongside Kevin Durant for a year, Kevin Durant's not there. Kyrie can show what he can do by himself, can strive for achievements, or I guess accolades is the word, you know, like MVPs and all NBA first teams, whatever, for a year, and he can compete for those. And then Kevin Durant comes back, and now the world knows what Kyrie can do on his own and can show what he can do as a leader. And then he also then has help after. But all that in mind, not many players come back from an Achilles tear. In my personal opinion, I think an Achilles tear is the worst injury a player could sustain. Especially at Kevin Durant at the age of 30. He's not getting any younger. He's I would say he's still in his prime, but I would say he's on the wrong end of his peak. And now this Achilles tear is going to slow him down. You know, before I was talking to one of my friends about it. You know, he was like, he's got another 10 years. I was like, do you think players just like play until they're 40 all the time? Like, that's not a th- like, and he's, you know, what do you think LeBron, you know, like players playing till they're 40 isn't the most, like it happens, but it isn't the most common thing because you have to put into a, or take into an account that Dirk Nowitzki did it. Vince Carter did it. And that's two players out of like six or 700 who did it. And actually, in their entire era, all the players, it's probably way over a 1,000, but it's not common. Then to sustain this injury, he might only have five years of basketball left, and what level of basketball will that be? Is he's not, I, don't, I can't say he's going to be the same Kevin Durant, because you look at the list of players who have sustained an Achilles tear after the age of 30, none, none of them came back. And you know... I saw the graphic, and I don't have it all memorized, but, you know, Dominique Wilkins, Elton Brand, Kobe Bryant, and, you know, Boogie Cousins are the notables. Boogie Cousins, you know, he's back, took forever to come back, but is he the same? No. By no means does anyone consider DeMarcus Cousins the best big man in the league, where we previously did before his injury. Dominique Wilkins, you know, I'm pretty sure he ended up retiring, or never the same, you know, for him to be human highlight reel and everything like that that's gone but Kobe Bryant's the interesting one where he was playing high level basketball for such a long time to the point that people were like or I guess in today's sort of words sort of like LeBron where it looks like he can go forever because LeBron's you know had his first major injury this year came back like nothing happened and even then he only missed like 20 games which is a lot but in the grand scheme of saying he's gonna miss a season it's not that much. So, and then he comes back and he says, I'm activating playoff mode. And he's still relatively the same LeBron. Like he's not really, it doesn't look like he's slowed down. It doesn't look like the injury has really affected him too much. While for DeMarcus Cousins, he's not the same player. And Kobe Bryant, you know, gets this injury, tries to come back. He's just not good. He's just not the same and he's not good. And he ultimately has to retire because the injury sped up his career basically. So you could be seeing the same thing with Kevin Durant, which would be awful because Kevin Durant is such a great player. And I had, you know, I talked with someone before and they were like, oh, it's not like the worst thing in the world. Like it is bad, but at the same time, he's set for life already and he's going to continue to sell shoes 
where even if he's not on the court, he's still going to have a good income. So for his life personally, it's not that bad if it's a career-ending injury. And while, yes, that is true, because it's not like he's going to be homeless or something, but for the fans, it's awful. Because we saw Kevin Durant, this seven-foot player who could do everything and who really arguably the greatest offensive player ever, and we got to witness his greatness for X amount of time, really, I'm trying to give like a specific amount of years, like seven years, seven or eight years, and then it gets cut short because of this injury. So for him, it's bad because I'm sure he loves, I'm not sure, I know he loves the game of basketball and wants to continue to play and a career-ending injury would be awful for him or even an injury that speeds up his career, which I think it will, would be awful. But... But for the fans, it's like we got to witness greatness for that long a time. And, you know, we could have witnessed it for so much longer. It doesn't matter what team he's on. You just have to respect the fact that he is one of he's for sure the greatest offensive player of our generation, my generation, my generation. I'll say like 2010s on. So, you know, it's like, wow, his career got cut short. And what we saw of Kevin Durant might have been it and you know what we saw was enough like what we saw was enough to sort of justify his career on how good he is but it wasn't the best or it wasn't all of it basically and I feel bad and you know again sort of moving back on topics I hope Kevin Durant can recover I hope he can come back and be the same player I just don't know if he can if Kevin Durant can come back and still be out here putting up 30 points and being in the discussion for best player in the league I just don't know if he can do that. And teams to be willing to give him that much money, I wouldn't give him that much money. Uh, I think you know New York giving him a four-year, hundred sixty, you know, hundred sixty-plus million dollar contract. For me, that'd be off the table. I'd be like, I can't give you that much money just to have you be rehabbing for a year. But for Kevin Durant, I think what if I what I would do is opt into my contract, rehab for a year, opt out, and then look at my free agency decisions. But at the same time, you could be losing out on money because let's say he does come back and let's say it's like DeMarcus Cousins who came back and played you know, a little less than half the season. You know, what he showed was that he's not the same anymore. Like maybe with a little bit of recovery and some time it takes, he might be the same. But for Kevin Durant, maybe it's best to secure the bag now. So then... You know, we're boogie. He's not going to be getting a max contract. But, you know, maybe if back, you know, I don't know. Boogie's not going to be getting a max contract is what I'm trying to get at. Kevin Durant still has the chance to get a max contract. Maybe if someone offers it, he takes it. So he doesn't run the risk of losing all that money by showing he's not the same player anymore. So that's just my personal opinion. That's what I think Kevin Durant should do. I think I personally think he'll resign with the Warriors, whether he opts out and signs back or opts in. I think he'll resign with the Warriors for a year, and then he'll look at his free agency, you know, out the outlook next year. Maybe he does leave. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I just have my opinion on what I think he'll do. And now we're gonna jump into the next topic. Well, actually, we're gonna still talk about the finals. Um, game six. I gotta give my prediction right. Uh. I got Raptors take game six. 
Game six is tomorrow, I believe, right? Today is Wednesday, tomorrow is Thursday. Um, game six tomorrow. I think the Raptors will take it there. I'm going to keep saying Raptors until I'm wrong. <laughs> or until I'm right, maybe, because I don't know. I'm actually going to do a final score prediction. Also, I said Cal Lowry be the one to step up. That's just funny now. It's like, dang, I was wrong. Uh, now, I'm going to say Pascal Siakam has another great game. And I'm going to say Raptors in six in Golden State. Um, 106 to 101. That's what I'm going to say. 106 to 101, Raptors in six. But something about Toronto, also I just want to point out, is that they played sloppy those last two minutes. They took a six-point lead with, what, three minutes left? And then they just let it go. Curry hit a three. Klay Thompson hit a three. You know, they all just started playing. And the reason why they were playing so sloppy is because they've never been there before. They've never been in the finals in an elimination game. Normally when they're in an elimination game, LeBron plays for the other team, and they've lost in four. That's what happens. So... To be in the NBA Finals and then to be in an elimination game, not just any elimination game, an elimination game in which you are up, in which if you win, you take it, it was different for them. You know, of course, Kawhi has been there, and Kawhi played. Kawhi played great. And obviously, people kind of knock him for passing out of the shot, but Kawhi isn't a great shooter. He's a good shooter, but I wouldn't call him a great shooter to the point that I would want him taking a three at the end of the game. So he tried to attack the basket which is sensible. You're down one. The Warriors packed up the paint, so he said, okay, I'm going to kick it out. Maybe the paint being packed out, someone could get a good look. Kyle Lowry got a good look, but it was tipped by Draymond. I personally would have went to Danny Green, but I think he was sort of out of the equation with the direction of the ball, of which Kawhi passed, passing to the left side of the court instead of the right, which is where Danny Green was. But they played sloppy, and even their coach has never been there. He's a rookie coach. I hope to see some of that change in game six, and I think maybe it will. We'll just have to see. Raptors take game six. What I say? 105-101? I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say 106-101. Winning team wins by five. Next topic. We got Kyrie opting out of his contract. So, basically, Kyrie had a player option. Kyrie opted out of that player option making him an unrestricted free agent now and now he's gonna sign with brooklyn i mean this is what kind of what everyone expected right it's not a surprise that he opted out i'm surprised he opted out this early normally players don't opt out until like after the finals but he went nah i don't want to be here i'm out and he opts out now does this confirm he's leaving i don't know i personally don't think so i think that there's still a chance that boston could re-sign him i think they should make a push to re-sign him but if they can't, it's also not the worst thing in the world because you have a whole bunch of young guys who can step up. But overall, Kyrie, I think he's going to I still, I'm still saying I think he's going to sign with Brooklyn. I'm actually going to go back to the uh, a little bit because I just remembered in terms of talking about players who never really came back. So players when they you know get an injury it takes them a little bit to recover like normally they need like one full season of play to get all that rust off before then the next season you looked at and saw with paul george and you kind of hope to see it you know you could see with boogie and then you hope to see it with gordon hayward gordon hayward's being paid 30 million a year right i think he's one of the biggest contracts in the nba gets injured plays this year is mostly just like a six man 
You know, he's coming off the bench a lot, and he's just not the same. Again, hope to not see that with Kevin Durant, but Gordon Hayward, that's that's a whole situation on its own. Boston still trying to pursue a Kev, uh, Anthony Davis trade, and I don't really know what that would do for them. Because as I talked about before, Boston, they don't have a Batman. You know, where in Cleveland, or let's just break down really any good team. Toronto's Batman's Kawhi Leonard. Golden State has a bunch of Batmans. You know, well, right now it's Steph Curry because Kevin Durant's out. So Steph Curry is their Batman. Um, Any great team, you know, Philadelphia, Joel Embiid. You can make the argument, maybe Ben Simmons. I'm going to go with Joel Embiid, though. Milwaukee, that's that's the other that was the one I was trying to think of. Milwaukee, Giannis, that's their Batman. Um Boston does not have a Batman. They are a team of Robins. Even Kyrie Irving, he's not a Batman because he's never been a Batman. You know, he was the main guy on a team for three years and then LeBron came back. You know, the first three years of Kyrie's career, which I wouldn't expect anyone to be a Batman at that point. But overall, this team, you know, gained development. Anthony Davis isn't a Batman either. So, you trade for Anthony Davis. You got a team of Robins. Again, and I don't think it makes a difference. And I think Boston maybe is a good regular season team. Just good. And then, in the playoffs, they collapse. So, I think, again, back on topic. I think Kyrie will sign with Brooklyn. I've already talked about it before. So, I'm not going to sit here and talk about it for such a long time. Maybe signs a max contract in Brooklyn. We'll see what happens to D'Angelo Russell. He's a restricted free agent. I think some teams could offer him the max, which might end up hurting Brooklyn. I think what if I what I would do if I were Brooklyn, I would kind of sit down and wait. I would uh, wait and see what happens. You know, you look at the free agency outlook. I wouldn't want to really pair Kyrie with like Kemba, or I guess he's really the main point guard free agent, right? Besides Kyrie. So I would want to pair him with like D'Angelo Russell because you could play D'Lo at the two and then Kyrie can play the one. But I'd be looking at like, what are my odds of signing like Kawhi Leonard? Bring in a forward. What are my odds of signing Kevin Durant? And if, you know, as I've already said, I don't think I'd be offering Kevin Durant all that money, but I'm not a franchise. You know, let's say that the Nets are like, okay, well, Kevin Durant's not interested in playing for Brooklyn, even with Kyrie. Okay. Kawhi Leonard wants to play for the Clippers or re-signs with Toronto. You know, I heard New York was going to make a heavy push for him. I don't know. You know, and then maybe Jimmy Butler. I think I'd rather have D'Angelo Russell than Jimmy Butler. Not going to lie. You know, and then I would say, okay, well, you know, re-sign or match the offer. And if maybe something nice happens and D'Angelo Russell signs for some less money and you have some money left over, maybe you can throw a Hail Mary at like a Jimmy Butler. But I wouldn't like that team, not going to lie. Kyrie Irving, D'Angelo Russell, Jimmy Butler, I wouldn't like that team. I think a lot of people would be like, ooh, that team sounds nasty. Those people don't know basketball. Straight up, they don't. You know, those are the same people who thought Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook would be taking over the NBA. Those people don't know basketball. A team of selfish Jimmy Butler, if you want to call D'Angelo Russell a hothead I guess I don't think he's really a hothead I think he's just basically like the prototypical street baller so and then Kyrie who has like the mind of like a cotton ball I don't know I don't think that team works out and I think even then just that team in general is kind of a stretch but I don't think that team works out 
That being said, we're going to hop into the last topic of today, sort of mock trade. I was going to do a mock trade yesterday, but I ended up making the longest podcast that I've ever made. And I was like, oh, no, I don't have time. So I just kind of threw out one. So I have, you know, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the other ones, but there was news that sort of came out yesterday that the Cavs are looking to potentially be the third team in an Anthony Davis deal of the Knicks because the Knicks don't really have the assets to land Anthony Davis or well, they do but it's kind of a stretch so something that would benefit so they were kind of looking for a third team so something that could benefit everyone is that what if the Cavs trade up from five to three help New York land Anthony Davis and then get the Pelicans some young assets all that in mind I decided to write up a trade that would make this happen and you know we're gonna jump into it real quick so basically the trade as I'm looking at it now <laughs> the Knicks would land Anthony Davis and Jetty Osman me as a Cavs fan I really like Jetty Osman you know the number he's putting up for a 24 year old you know I'm not gonna sit here and say he's gonna be a cornerstone he's gonna be like the franchise player because I don't think he's that but the numbers he's putting up for a 24-year-old, he could be something valuable for a team looking to add some youth to the roster. Also, another thing for the Knicks, let's say they make this trade. You have Anthony Davis. Maybe you don't want Kevin Durant, and you could pair Anthony Davis with like Kyrie or maybe run for Kemba or Kawhi Leonard. I think I've heard talks that Kemba Walker is not really interested in New York or New York's not interested in him, something along those lines. But... Or maybe they just don't make an Anthony Davis trade and then get like Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie and just say, forget Kevin Durant. Which I mean is something I could see. You don't want Kevin Durant, you can go for Kawhi. Okay, so the Knicks receive Anthony Davis and Jetty Osman. You could really, I'm just looking at this trade, you can really tell how biased it is. Uh, <laughs> and Jetty Osman. Cavs receive Frank Nidakia, Lance Thomas, Mario Hazonio on the number three pick. So all this is about giving up a trash ton of assets for Anthony Davis. Because, you know, I do think he's still one of the highest trade value players in the league. Right up there with, like, I think Giannis might be the only player who's got more trade value than Anthony Davis. But the thing is with Anthony Davis, he runs risk. You know, as I said, he's putting up very similar numbers to what Kevin Love was putting up with the Timberwolves for joining the Cavs. You know, like 28 points, 12 rebounds. Then all of a sudden, Kevin Love joins the Cavs, and there's two guys who are sort of seen ahead of him. Now all of a sudden he has to be a, like just a glass cleaner and just kind of score. And Kevin and Kevin Love kind of fades into being like an average player. And sort of a similar thing happened to Kevin Garnett. We're on the Timberwolves. He was this crazy player. And he gets to Boston where all of a sudden, you know, it was Paul Pierce and Ray Allen kind of he- ahead of him in the offensive rotation. And his numbers, again, sort of turned into like Kevin Love's. The only, you know, only difference is that Anthony Davis is more of a presence defensively I think he has the most blocks this season by a power forward. So he's got that going for him. But at the same time, he also doesn't have a jump shot like Kevin Love. So we'll have to see what happens with Anthony Davis. Um, I feel like there was something, there was another point I wanted to make. I guess I'm just going to jump into more of what the Cavs want. Frank Nitakia, world famous for getting drafted ahead of Dennis Smith Jr., doesn't matter because then the Knicks ended up getting Dennis Smith Jr., so whatever. You know, he's not performing great, and I think the Knicks are kind of trying to utilize him in a trade, you know, because you got to sort of throw out, oh, you know, he's 20 years old, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
maybe he could do something. Maybe he can, I don't know, maybe he can develop into something. Okay, well, I guess the Cavs will find out, and he'll be the sixth man or start at shooting guard. But you got Lance Thomas. He's 28 or 30, 30-year-old? 30 He's 30-year-old. You know, mostly about him is that it's just cap filler. The Knicks don't really have a ton of guys who have a whole lot in free agency, or who, uh, not in free agency, have a whole lot being paid to them. You know, their highest paid players, DeAndre Jordan at like $22 million, and then he's going to be a free agent. And their second is Lance Thomas at seven. So they're, they're doing a pretty good job salary cap-wise. Mario Hazonia is another guy who's not really developed into anything. I don't know if people really expected Hazonia to be this great player. But, you know, he's not developed into much. So, just kind of having him, if you want to say, okay, well, he's a young guy, he's a forward, maybe he develops into a good player or something. And then you have the Cavs receiving the number three pick, which presumably take R.J. Barrett. That's who I'd want them to take. And, of course, you got R.J. Barrett going, like, I want to play for the Knicks. Well, guess what? You're going to be a Cav, young man. The Pelicans. Received J.R. Smith, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, John Henson, and then the fifth pick. So, more or less with this trade, because I'll break down each player, but I'm going to skip J.R. Smith first. It's more or less with this trade. It's Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, and then the five pick. That's mostly what you're receiving. John Henson's a guy who's been injured for the longest time, and he's mostly just sort of for cap filler. But he's been injured for the longest time, and he's you know sort of in his prime now, so it's not really about him. <laughs> Obviously, again, just for cap filler. If you want to sit here and say, well, we could utilize him, then maybe you can. But he's more of a win now type of player, and even then, he's not terrific. Anyways, Kevin Knox, 19 years old. He looks he looks pretty promising. I mean, he's putting up. You know, just about 13 points. Not not so efficient, but that's something that you're going to see with a whole lot of rookies. But he's a guy who can maybe develop into something that you can use. Mitchell Robinson was kind of like... Oh. The steal of the draft. My bad. He was a guy who said, forget college. I'm just going to go to the NBA. Or wait, and then go to the NBA. He does. Gets taken in, you know, in the second round, the sixth pick. Puts up seven points, six rebounds almost 70% from the field. He's a guy who, you know, you could really utilize moving forward if you're looking to develop your team into something great. Keep in mind also that the Pelicans still would have the number one pick, which means they have this, then get the five pick, and then Zion. And J.R. Smith, so here's the interesting thing about J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith has trade value. And I know a lot of people are like, that's a big con, you know, people who, I'm not going to say people who don't know basketball, people who haven't really put in the research to it will say, J.R. Smith has a big contract, you know, almost $15 million. Well, here's the deal, is that if you waive him, if you wait, I think it's before the end of the month, something else, I think, putting in, yeah, it's before the end of the month, what would end up happening is that $14 million ends up just going to Cleveland, and then you end up only having to pay 3.8 million which means that if you're in an awful you know salary cap situation for example Miami you can trade you know Jarrett's exact contract is 14.72 million so let's say Miami trades exactly 14.72 million 
to Cleveland. Miami then cuts J.R. Smith. The Heat... <laughs> Sorry, I've been balancing that cough for a while. Now save over a little over $10 million in cap, which means that trading J.R. Smith to the Pelicans is sort of like, oh yeah, we'll give you these young players plus J.R. Smith, which when you cut, you end up saving... You know, ten that's you know ten million dollars off your books, so you end up saving money in cap space, which is good for them because they want you know want to bring back these guys. They also have the number five. <coughs> oh my gosh, they also get the number five pick, which you could use on maybe like Jarrett Culver or DeAndre Hunter. Maybe bring Duke, you know, bring Duke to the to the Pelicans that I talked about in an earlier podcast. Said the Pelicans. You know, get the number three picks. This is the first one of the first trades I talked about in an Anthony Davis deal, and you know, then they get RJ and Zion and bring Duke to New Orleans. You know, now you could you could do like Cam Reddish with the fifth pick, and you could you know have Zion and Cam. Well, that's my trade. You're looking at it more and more, I'm like, this is pretty biased. You know, the Pelicans' return isn't a whole bunch, but well, I mean, what they get in terms of like moving forward, you get cap space. Three, you know, two young players you can use moving forward. The fifth pick, which is another young player, and throw Zion on top of all that. That's a lot of stuff you could utilize. Now, obviously, that might not be the same of what you're going to get in return in an L.A. deal. Maybe I should have drew one up that was a three-team with the Cavs in L.A. I don't know. But that's this trade. Again, the Knicks get Jetty Osman, who's a guy who I think you could utilize moving forward. You know, if you build a team for a win now, as time goes on, he'll progress and be better. Well, that's the trade, and that's also the podcast. So anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I know I enjoy making these. Uh, I make podcasts every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. This Friday might be kind of difficult, though. I'll see what I can do. I don't think I'm going to make it a day early, but I'll see what I can do. Um, might actually postpone it for Saturday. Maybe not. I'll end up just having to see. But I make podcasts every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider listening to my old podcast because I got eight other ones that are pretty good. Um, share my podcast. You know, if you don't want to miss the podcast, subscribe to me wherever you're listening to this podcast because, you know, I'm on a lot of platforms. But I hope you guys enjoyed listening, and I hope you have a fantastic day. And I will see you guys Friday, maybe Friday. I'll see. Again, I just, it's going to be a tight schedule. <laughs> But I'll see. Bye-bye.